Welcome again to Sound Meets Sound. Today, I'm going to talk about Same Town New Story by Interpol, of course. This analysis was inspired by a message I received from Maria on Twitter. She says, I sense more urgency, built in tension in their more recent songs, again, so in real life, and I'd like to understand it better. By the way, if you could expand, expand more on that, song structure in El Pintor, when analyzing Same Town New Story, it would be ace. So yes, song structure in El Pintor is very important to the album's unique sound. Like Maria said, the songs have a strong sense of urgency and tension, and a lot of that is because of the ways the songs are structured. As I've talked about before, the standard song form, by which I mean the way in which the different sections of the song repeat, is basically intro verse, maybe another verse, maybe a pre-chorus, chorus, verse, bridge, chorus, and outro, or something like that. Structured in this way, we can say that the different parts of the standard song form have a function. The intro functions to set up the soundscape of the song, the verse functions to introduce us to the story of the song, the chorus is the culmination or the climax of the story, the bridge acts as a palate cleanser so that the return of the chorus feels even more powerful, etc., etc. However, with many of Interpol's songs, but especially in El Pintor, the song forms are not structured this way. The sections cycle at unpredictable intervals, thwarting our ability to hear ahead to what the song will bring. In this way, Interpol takes away any sense of function to the song's sections. We don't get a verse that sets us up for a climax, and we don't get a chorus that gives us that climax. So what is it that we do get? We do get sections that repeat, Though when they repeat, they're longer than the first time they appear, at least in Same Town New Story. It was difficult for me to decide how to describe the structure of this song. I ended up using the guitar and bass patterns, along with the patterns and the lyrics, to guide me. And I came up with roughly uh, an intro, section A at 19 seconds. Same Section B at 36 seconds. So then she stood by Return of section A at 1 minute 10 seconds. How many bombs and then a return of section B at 1 minute 44 seconds. So then she stood by at 2.33, we get the mini bonus song ending that Interpol is so fond of, where they begin a completely new section that is minimally related to the previous sections and which ends the song, as opposed to, say, one of the previous sections, like section A or section B, returning and ending the song. 
It's like the two, the song is divided into two different songs. The urgency and tension that Maria mentions partly arises from the fact that we can't predict what will come next in the song, especially since the sections are all in different in length. The A section is eight measures long. The B section is 15 measures long, which is weird because normally formal sections contain an even number of measures. The second A section is 16 measures long, and the second B section is 21 measures long. Again, another odd number of measures. Tension also arises from the fact that we can't really assign function to any of the sections. Like, oh, this is the verse and this is the chorus. After I listened to the song for the first time, I kind of thought to myself, was there no chorus in that song? And after subsequent listens, my analysis is that there is no chorus per se. There is no culmination section. The vagaries of the form account for part of the urgency and tension, but as in all formal structures, the harmonic and rhythmic character of the song play an important role in how we perceive the function, or lack thereof, of the song sections. For example, throughout the first two and a half minutes of the song, Sam strikes the kick drum on every beat of the four beat measure and maintains roughly the same closed hi-hat pattern throughout. He doesn't use any other part of the kit and there are no drum fills. For two and a half minutes, it's the same one measure pattern repeated for 70 measures. This is highly unusual for any rock song, even for an Interpol song. I think Sam's choice of such a repetitive drum part, especially one that has the kick on every single beat, is related to how rhythmically unstable Daniel's guitar lick is. It took me a while to transcribe that opening lick, which starts on the second half of beat two and has a short long character that makes it sound like someone is struggling to get out a sentence. It's so complex that without Sam's striking each and every beat, it would be easy to lose your place while you were playing it. As a side note, I think this is why in the live performance that I saw at Bowery Ballroom, Sam started the song playing the kick on every beat so that Daniel would be able to coordinate himself when he entered the song. Having the kick on every beat in and of itself lends the song a sense of urgency, and having no drum fills means that it's very difficult for us as the listeners to keep track of where we are in the song's microform. Usually, drum fills tell us when the end of one phrase and the beginning of another is happening. Having Daniel repeating that rhythmically complex, almost uncertain-sounding, rising and very high pitch pattern also makes the first half of the song feel tense and urgent. At 2 minutes 33 seconds, the drum part changes. For 12 measures, we have an even more tense and urgent drum part, with the kick fluttering out 16th notes. Before finally, for the first time in the song, breaking out into a more normal rock drum pattern, with the kick on beats 1 and 3, and the snare on 2 and 4. 
This break into normalcy is counteracted by the harmonies, and thus, even in the second half of the song, we do continue to feel that urgency and tension. Like in a lot of other Interpol songs, the pitch collection in the first half of the song is mostly hexatonic. It's a G major-ish hexatonic, E, G, A, B, C, D, mostly avoiding the leading tone of G major, which is F sharp. In fact, when F sharp does appear, like at one minute, three seconds, it sounds like an altered note. Hence my calling this G hexatonic, even though I've transcribed it as if it's in G major. However, in the second half of the song, the harmonic character shifts. The pitch collection is still largely G hexatonic, but there's a noted emphasis on the note C, and F sharp makes more appearances as part of Daniel's new guitar pattern. So even though Sam's drums have lessened in urgency by this point, the section still feels on edge because the various musical patterns feel perpetually on the verge of resolution, but never arrive there. The last guitar note is an A, and the synthesizer spends the final 13 measures from minute 334 climbing up from C to C, C, D, E, F sharp, G, A, B, C. In other words, the G major scale, but starting on the fourth scale degree. The Elpintor song forms to me are like the natural outgrowth of Interpol's earliest song forms, which are a combination of cyclical and through composed. In some posts from 2008 and 2009, I call this type of form peregrinated. I don't know if I like that anymore. <laughs> There are sections that cycle and extended sections that are completely separate from the cyclical part of the song, like here in Same Town. Uh, someday I'll do a review of all the albums to see how many of these hybrid forms there are in Interpol's catalog, but I think there are a lot. Um, so if you want to see my transcription uh, and my breakdown of the form with timings and measures, uh, go to the blog, uh, megwilhoyt.wordpress.com, which is will le be linked on the page for this podcast. And uh, leave a comment. As always, if you disagree with my transcription or my analysis, I'm always interested to hear other interpretations. Um, and thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.